The Get This Podcast is brought to you by ProPhotoGo.com, professional photography on demand. Use coupon code GETTHIS to get 10% off your professional photo session. So whether you need new headshots or you have a big event coming up, an engagement, a wedding, you name it, or let's say you just want new photos so you can look snazzy on social media, ProPhotoGo is professional photography on demand. Use coupon code GETTHIS and get 10% off. Go to ProPhotoGo.com. The Get This Podcast is also brought to you by WP Engine, the best WordPress hosting available. People who know me know I build enterprise-level WordPress websites that reach millions of people a year. And it's important that those sites live at a host that is secure, fast, and offers the kind of support you need. 24-7, and I can't recommend WP Engine enough. I use them exclusively and recommend them to all of my clients. Get 10% off your first year of exceptional hosting for your WordPress website. Go to getthispodcast.com slash WordPress, and that will trigger the 10% off coupon. Again, it's getthispodcast.com slash WordPress. Hey everybody, this is Kevin Kautzman, your host of Get This, the podcast about things people love. And I'm coming to you from the great state of New York in the great city of Manhattan. And I'm joined today, what day is it, Michael? It is June 5th. Wow. Yeah. Didn't miss a beat. Michael Backinson. Thank you. Well pronounced. uh, Oh, yes. (laughs) I practiced. (laughs) You were there. Uh, And my other good friend, Jose Ignacio Gomez. Hey, Jose. How are you? The one and only. The one and only here on Get This. And Michael, it's your first time, and thanks for coming on. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Sweet. All right. Thanks for being had. <laughs> uh, and what are we going to talk about? Because, again, this is the podcast about things people love. What's the subject today, Michael? So uh, we had thrown out earlier acting, Um because Jose and I both act, and we met and uh, talked about that before, so it kind of made sense to to hit that as a as a topic. Acting, right. we're both actors. Yeah, Actor. Sure. Oh, oh boy, I'm outnumbered. Finally, <laughs> There's a lot of things to talk about. That <laughs> this is great. Yeah, so we're going to talk about acting today. I may have trod the boards uh, once or twice, not in a serious fashion, but I'm going to mm-hmm. defer to you. Okay. Uh, and to Jose in in terms of you know the the real craft. So yeah, so let's let's talk about that as a as a thing, right? Yeah, well, we, we uh, Michael come from a very nice background, so yeah, come from Yale, so oh, <laughs> pretty sure he can teach me a little a couple of stuff. Though. Oh no, <laughs> pretty and sure. And Jose went to Harvard here, so no, no, yeah, Harvard, yeah, yeah right, it's a real, yeah, right, real rival rivalry, yeah, Space yeah. University, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not Harvard. All right, yeah, well, so let's start there, Michael. What's your uh, what's your background? Uh, where are you from originally? Uh, I'm originally from Portland, Oregon, um, and uh, yeah, my mom took me to. 
theater performance stuff when I was growing up, and I think I just fell in love with public performance. I remember going to a puppet show. I think it was called, it was about Baba Yaga, whatever that is. <laughs> and it was... So I re- a Russian witch. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. And I remember that as like a four-year-old or a five-year-old, and I went to intermission, and I just remember walking up to the tiny little stage and like jumping on the corner of it and then coming off of it. So there was a sense of that sacred space that was thrilling. Um, so I think live performance is what took me in first in terms of like really enthralling me. But of course, film, I remember watching E.T. or oh, yeah. Snow White when I was a little kid and dancing in the, uh, huh. or, you know, holding onto the back of the seat. So it was, it was something that was interesting to me for a while. And I got started in essentially paid community theater when I was nine or 10. And at the time had a dream of like, oh my God, I could, I'm, I can build my resume up. And I, I remember like <laughs> studying people's bios at like 10 or 11 years old. 10 year olds shouldn't have a, a resume. They I really shouldn't. I, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. I was in school, no, yeah, I have friends that never, they, they don't even have a geek. <laughs> anyway, and like, and they never been, in, you know, even behind stage in, in a studio or, or or anything. I still don't have a resume. That's amazing. That's amazing. So child actor. In a, in a sense, I caught the bug at a very young age, and and kept, you know, now I'm running years old, and I, uh, you know, I'm still I'm still doing it. I'm still fighting my way through there. Yeah, mm. yeah, and still have the same passion for it for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, that's do you the most have? Thing. Yeah, amazing. I mean, do, do you have some insight into what it is about that kind of er moment, the primal moment? What was it? Was it identification with the actors? Was it? I think it is that thing of the sacred space. Mm. Um, and I went to uh, Bali five years ago. That's when my daughter was conceived. And uh, <laughs> you went there to conceive your daughter or you on the stage? It was, it was, um, it, it, you know, my wife and I, it, it had been like, we'd been together for that's incredible. Know, 14 or 15 years at yeah. that point, And we right. both just kind of went, you said, this is going to happen. It's going to happen. That and by it, the way did. is the Baba Yaga. <laughs> that's <laughs> the Baba Yaga. You went to meet the Baba Yaga in Bali. We went yeah. to, we literally went to temples and sure. prayed for fecundity. Oh. <laughs> One of my favorite words. Yeah. yeah. To be fecund is an amazing thing. Yeah. Was Bali the, um, is that the theater that Arto was obsessed with? And I'm not trying you to know, put it in the hot no, seat. No, it, it may have been. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it certainly has been influential in Europe for a while. And we had been invited by a guy who's a professor at Wesleyan, mm. who'd been going since the 70s. He knew Julie Tamor from when she was studying there. But he'd been going there forever and was like, come on, you guys, you got to come to Bali. And so we finally did it. The, the reason I'm saying that is that there the, the- theater is both profane, sacred, super mm-hmm. funny, completely topical, yeah. as old as ever. It absorbs influences from all over the place. In fact, the, like the clowns are like battling with demons that they consider to be real. Right. The audience considers them to be sure. real. But they're also making references to, I remember one guy all of a sudden broke out of Sanskrit, broke out of Balinese, broke out of Indonesian and went, get her done. Yeah. And I went, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that's a demon I've been battling with my whole life. Yeah. You, you know, you I, went to the Redneck Comedy great, Tour, and that right? was part of yeah. the Balinese performance in a temple. Right. Yeah. Amazing. So that's what I mm-hmm. think is my I'm I'm 
pulled into whatever that magic thing is that's about communing with an audience in the, I don't know. To me, the, you're just you're describing South Park. So <laughs> it could South be. Park is a very important you know? theatrical thing I, in it America is. for people who grew up in the 90s. Absolutely. We just have this uh, mediation of the screen is what tends to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great theater should feel like something like South Park. Y- yes. Yeah. 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 Doesn't, it doesn't always, though, does it? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> How long were you in Bali? You know, it was only about two. I mean, only. It's like the longest vac- vacation I've taken in about 20 years. But it was <laughs> maybe about two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Sweet. What's that like? How long does it take to get there? Two days. Whoa. Hmm. Yeah. Whoa, doctor. From yeah. From New York. Yeah. We went and we made the decision to go within, we were we were on the plane two weeks after we'd bought the tickets. We found last minute tickets that were about a third of what the price should have been. I was, I'd booked a show that was taking awesome. me out of town for six months. There was a co-production between La Jolla Playhouse, Hartford Stage and Huntington Theater in Boston. It was a show I'd done before. I knew I was going to be out of town for about six months. And Tam had been, my wife's name is Tam, had been on my butt to, we got to go back to Bali. We got to go back to Bali. She had been there for a month, about, I don't know, eight or 10 years before and studied with his family, studied uh, mask making, studied dance. And so we just leapt at the chance. So it took us two days, fly from New York, JFK to Frankfurt, Frankfurt to uh, Singapore, uh, Singapore to uh uh, to to Bali to Denpasar, mm. and then you get there in the middle of the night, completely zonked, and <laughs> oh yeah, right, right, nice. <laughs> Do you know anything about this, Jose? The uh, the yeah. Balinese theater? Right? No idea, actually. Yeah, yeah and just that's why I'm so quiet right now. No, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I I don't know very much. No. I, again, I think the only thing I know comes from Artaud, and it it comes from uh-huh. uh, it's puppet theater, right? They tend to use a lot of there puppets. Are, it's there very are, physical. They can do shadow puppets. Mm-hmm. They can do uh, masked things. Mm-hmm. They do stuff uh, with and without masks. Some of the things are fire ceremonies where they're like throwing balls of fire around hmm. at relative levels of safety. And uh, <laughs> and uh, one feature is the gamelan, which is this multi-person instrument of bells and gongs, which is slightly dissonant but kind of in tune you know, mm. polyphonal. It's 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 haunting, mm. uh, and the performances can go for. Uh, they, you get out at two or three in the morning, and you got there at you know nine in the evening. Is there a lot of music used? I mean, you yeah. you mentioned the okay. Yeah, it's sort of to crudely do the melody. It's sort of like na 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 ding 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 dong dong dong, and then you know the demon shows up. Is it one person playing the instrument? It's no, there might be. Like Gosh. a small ensemble. I think it, you could do it with as little as three or four, and sure. there can be like ten people. Yeah, yeah. That's and there's so there's cool. male ones and there's female ones, and so a, a big sacred ceremony. There was a big festival that was going on for most of the time that we were there. You could have three or four of those different uh, gamelan uh, orchestras playing, and also different performances throughout the night in different locations. It's, it sounds wonderful. So you're uh, a child. In Portland, <laughs> yeah, Maine, Oregon. Oregon. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> Port- the other I got nothing por- against the, Portland. No, 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 yeah, yeah, coast to coast. We're we're bi-coastal. Portland, Oregon, and you're uh, uh, convinced that this this space is sacred. And then years later, you're in Bali, and and there it is, right? Yeah. You find this thing. What is it about the? What is the quality of of performance where a person stands up in front of a group to do something that makes it? 
that kind of takes your breath away. Even if somebody bombs, even if it's a terrible night, you kind of, what is that? Uh, I think it's that it's the risk taking of, mm-hmm. of getting up there and, and saying, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to embody this person. That's not myself. Yeah. May not even be a human being. I'm going to engage with that, that spirit, that force. And I'm going to put it out there. And I, uh, it's like I've seen a number of really great shows, probably from the very back of the third balcony. And, <laughs> and the first 10 minutes is a struggle to hear them, to see mm-hmm. them. And by the end of the show, or a year later, 10 years later, that thing that's looked like the size of my fingernail is now my entire experience. Like, it, that became the world. And I, I, mm-hmm. that, that, to me, that's the magic of, of live performance. Mm. Okay. Well, well, so you made your way to the other side, right? You uh, yeah. came across. Let's talk about that that journey from being a wide-eyed ute and yeah. Uh, yeah, making your way. What was that like? So you acted in community theater as a yeah. young uh, as the, a boy. The, the first big thing was that my mom, um, she said that uh, I, I would do soccer in the fall. And then I would just want to watch TV and, and fart around on Saturdays when soccer was done. And she said, we're getting you out of the house. We're, we're doing something. Do you want to take swim lessons? And uh, my mom had uh, been an Olympic gold medalist and world record setter in swimming. Wow. And, wow. What event? <laughs> uh, Butterfly was her best, but she won the gold medal in, uh, in the, the freestyle relay. Wait. That's, she, oh, she was oh. 14 in Rome. What? Yeah. That's incredible. Okay. She has a memoir right. out. It's called uh, "Tough Girl" by it. Um, All right, <laughs> plug plug her. All book. right, uh, by what's her name? Uh, her name is Carolyn Wood. Carolyn Wood. Yeah, tough girl. So right. the reason I bring that up is I I did not want to get into a competition with my mom <laughs> you know how am I going to top it yeah. how am I going to top it I got like you know five years to win a gold medal she's still around your mom oh yeah yeah oh, God thanks for asking yeah amazing. no she's doing yeah, yeah, amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank working you. on her second uh, memoir about her stint as a governess for the Kennedys it should be interesting <laughs> know, amazing amazing woman wow okay. um, so right. she she said you want to take uh, you know a theater class and I I said yes and I, I showed up, it was at this old theater, old retired firehouse called the Firehouse Theater in mm. Northwest Portland. And uh, came in, the woman was teaching improv games, and it was like I finally was alive for the first time in my life. Yeah. I just, yeah, it, yeah. I was out of myself. How old were you in this moment? I think it was nine or ten. Nine. Wow, okay. Probably maybe well, ten, yeah. let's say yeah. ten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a very interesting age. Yeah. A lot of things are going on in that moment. For me, it was like that between my 8 and 11. A lot of stuff was going on. Yeah. A lot of like um, revelations or, or not revelations, like discovering things like about being, <laughs> started to being a man without, without not being a man yet, you know, you know, discovering with old friends, you know, magazines, porn magazines, like a lot of stuff <laughs> was going on. Like I couldn't digest, like, oh, what is going on? Oh, this is masturbation. This is this, you know. I would, I, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. But yeah. we're going to another way. No, wow. but I mean. Uh, Jose, all right. No, no, I'm, well, I mean, you're putting no, this No, no, man, let's great. put it out there. Yeah, no, yeah, no, totally, man. No, you're, you're right. I mean, there's, that's the whole thing, man. Yeah, so. what, what year were you nine? Ten, Jose. Where, where, where was I? What year? I, I, oh, you're in Venezuela. Geez, I was. It was that was 1984. 1984. Yeah, sure. yeah, man. 
And the whole yeah. culture is waking up, and so you're you're at, uh, yeah. pre-adolescence curiously, kind of mirrors curiously, the whole culture, I was right? Very, sorry, I was very into music in that moment. Yes. Uh, I took like piano lessons for like two months that I had to quit because we didn't have a piano, blah, 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 <laughs> stuff like that. But, and then the school moved <laughs> wait, on. Wait, 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 wait. Like, I'm trying to imagine what the piano lesson would look like if you, <laughs> if you, if you had kept going. Don't be a quitter. Oh, no, no, definitely not. But then I discovered... No piano, the, then I guitar for a long time. <laughs> then I played guitar for a long time. Right? Oh, right, right, But right, then right, I right. had a guitar hanging on the wall of my house. One of my friends brought a guitar to school. And it's like, I like the sound of that. And I and I have a guitar at home and started playing like crazy for seven, eight yeah, years. Man. Yeah, man. Right. I, yeah, yeah, no. You, good. I like that. Took us yeah, but I think what I'm coming is like... Uh, I discovered that I that I was an actor or that or that's mm. that's what I wanted to do when I was like 22, 23. Mm-hmm. and it took uh. me to go to music, this, that, and then when I finally hauled a script on my first acting class, I was like, okay, this is what I really want to do. But uh, that's what I'm like fascinated but with what you're a, saying. At a different age, you were a little older, is what you're saying. Mm? For for acting, you came for acting, to acting. Yeah, it was like twenty two. That is actually something. quite interesting. The yeah. experience in terms of but then everything yeah. makes sense for me in that moment. I'm a little more, yeah. I mean, not to, I'm not trying to make this about me, but it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was a little older when I really, I think I had yearned to be an actor when I was younger, but I didn't didn't really have the whatever the ability or just where I was. It just didn't sort of come together. Mm-hmm. But eventually, I you know I ended up in community theater in Minneapolis when I was mm-hmm. in my you know I had, it was in my early twenties. But yeah. um, it's it, I I earnestly wonder what it's. Yeah, what's, yeah, the, what's that what like you, when you you're 10 and, yeah, you're, and you're yeah. thinking, yeah. What, what was your first role, your first serious quote-unquote role? So, Mike, that's what I'm thinking. It's either 10, 10 or 11. In any event, the, yeah. they had open an open call audition for Herb Gardner's A Thousand Clowns, which had a role of like a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. too young for it, and I was a squirt. I was like... Hmm. You're talking about what was, you were going through at 10. I, I went through that at 14. Like I was, <laughs> that was years yeah. off before yeah, I was yeah. like. Late bloomer. I, I was. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was one of those kids that entered high school five foot and like a hundred, maybe a hundred pounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Theater. Let's yeah. go into the theater. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, So you were at, so, so anyway, there was a role in there, a wonderful role for a little kid playing this boy that's being raised by his uncle. And then uh, child services comes, and they want to take him away. And, oh wow! But it's it's it's, it's light comedy. It's actually yeah, you know, it's a comedy. Oh, it's actually oh, lighthearted. Oh, this good. guy they play ukulele together, <laughs> so I learned how to play ukulele. Like oh, right, one right, song, yes sir, that's my baby. And this whole house is filled with junk. And then he falls in love with the child services worker, and Aww. he's like a he's a. Uh, a, a writer who worked for essentially like soupy sales or something and got right, right. fed up with the business and moved out of it. So it was a, it was a wonderful role. Sure. Know? Yeah. It sounds great. Yeah. yeah. A lot of stage time, wow. right? Is it, it's yeah. not a two hand. No, it, th- it sounds like three, three actors. It was about five actors, five but actors. yeah, you're in the, you know, yeah. most of the play. Yeah. Kind uh, of a kitchen sink thing. Yeah. Yeah. But this was amazing. It was like a one month run. It would just play on the weekends yeah. and we did it for about a month. And then that's I, amazing. I did a show the next year for a different company and another another show the next year. And I started doing stuff in high school. I literally didn't do a play. I did a play Mm -hmm. every year, several times a year from age 10 or 11 until uh, 40. Yeah. Yeah. And I have not done a full production since. How do you (laughs) you feel like... my show. I've always been curious when Uh, kids or or actors begin doing their stuff when they're very young. uh It's like, do you feel the difference when they... 
actors like they just discover they want to be actors when they're 30 or 40 uh, do you feel like a lot of difference between you like not only in the experience like or or you feel the same passion but you need to you know like you see you see like all oh, these people now are beginning to get into the work but can kind you feel the same passion or anything or how how is that going? I think like you're saying uh-huh. if if you find it at 22 you can be amazing i think that people find it at any time in their life mm-hmm. there's the, yeah. the famous example of john douglas thompson who's now considered one of the great american classical actors who was a uh, uh, many different things but at the time that he discovered acting he was a car salesman hmm. and he uh, I think it was a used car salesman, and he was in his 30s. And he came in and took an acting class and just fell in love with it and said, to hell with everything else in the world, everything I've that's led up to this point, I'm just going to give myself a 1,000% to acting. And is, it, you know, he's considered one of the best uh, classical actors alive right now. That's, that's uh, yeah. yeah, incredible. <laughs> Where is he from? I think he's from uh, uh, New England. I think he's from okay. the Massachusetts area. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he's working now? Yeah. Okay. First yeah, time yeah. I heard that story. He may or may not be doing King Lear right now. I don't. I <laughs> I saw him. I was up at uh, William. No, uh, up at uh, Shakespeare and Company, and I I ran into him, and he was performing a play up there called uh, Satchmo at the Waldorf. Sure. It was uh, Terry Teachout's mm-hmm. uh, one man show that he put together about right. Louis Armstrong, and he was preparing at age forty five to play Hamlet. Uh-huh. And wow. I was like, never too late, huh? And he's like, wow. I don't think That's so. <laughs> Keep on going. I can see you doing Hamlet. You still Thank have you. the, yeah, you still yeah. look very young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No, I really would love to play that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Directors out there listening to this right, podcast. Right, 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 right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Withnal and I. That moment mm. that a young man realizes that he will never play the Dane. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> coming to this thing. actor, that what did yeah. he have any other background, like something like reading that. or literature, whatever you know, interesting anything done. like that. Everything yeah. I know about this, uh-huh. I read in a New Yorker article a few years ago. So I'm I'm going <laughs> off of what what I yeah, recall yeah. from that. Um, yeah. What was the so Michael? What was the big right. moment where you? This is one thing to be doing community theater, almost like you mm-hmm. do uh, sport in the summer. Mm-hmm. You compared it to that. Right, we're doing yeah. Yeah. soccer, and mm-hmm. I'm never going to be in the Olympics to, to compete <laughs> with my mother. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, was there? What was the moment? Is it around picking uh, university? You're thinking, uh, what am I going to properly yeah, study? It was on my mind as as yeah. sort of the only thing I wanted to do with my life um, mm-hmm. all throughout that period of time. Wow. And I really, yeah. I mean, I, I had a number of different things that I could conceive of, but if I had to rank them, that's what I wanted to do. How was high school for you? Did you have a good time? Were you... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Moving along. No, no. It's, it's fine. No, I, I no, was a, I just, it's a strange... I was yeah. an overachiever who did way too much and, like, had major highs and lows. And, yeah. you know, I did yeah. student government and I did... Right. Athletics and I did the acting, but the thing that I really had the passion for was the acting. And and yeah, I got into Yale, but I got into Yale as you know, it's a liberal arts school, so I wasn't convinced that I was going to be able to do anything with acting there or that anybody would think I was any good. What did you get in for? For BFA, well, like a theater? Uh, theater no, they don't thing? have anything like oh, they that. Don't have that. They just you you pick a major once you're there. You take right. four or five classes a semester, and when it comes to putting on plays, the department doesn't even put on plays. Uh-huh. So that was all done by people organizing. Similar to Harvard. Harvard is like, yeah. that. theater is a little dirty. Right. Uh, they had a, a fund where people could apply for enough money to put up lights and rent a space. Right. And then people just would get together. And what was amazing back then was people didn't have cable TV or internet in their 
you literally didn't. You had maybe you know you could go to the computer it's lab like the, and like, like send some emails. Forties or what? What are we talking about? Nineteen ninety-two, man. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, come on. the dark ages. Yeah, yeah. pre-grunge. Pre-grunge no, was no, just no, happening. No, 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 grunge was happening. Grunge was, was happening. happening. No, yeah, 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 smells yeah, like yeah, Teen Spirit. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. right Open yeah. some uh, okay, some doors right, there. All right. Um, <laughs> what year was what year was that album? Was that ninety-two? That was like ninety-one. Ninety-one. All right. Yeah. Okay. The whole disaster began with Nirvana. I'm showing my age here. Nirvana came out. That's what I'm saying. Well, like they were putting stuff out but that that big hit was yeah. i think 91 right and of 91 course was, and of yeah, course okay. you're at yale so you're immediately on to no i was in high school then but i was i was going <laughs> right. crazy this timeline is i can tell you some is... crazy party stories from okay high school well let's get back to we'll come back to <laughs> northwest uh grunge yeah. and all that yeah. but yeah so you're at yale and it's in the so, mid-90s. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, I came in and I auditioned for uh, a student production of Murat Saad that took place in a <laughs> in a basement a basement of a church, and the concept was that we were uh, we were you know yeah. I, I I ended up getting this great monologue that was called the Mad Animal, and we all Naturally. appeared naked with hospital gowns on and had to shave our heads and it was just gonzo theater yeah at the end we were all put into you know where they fold up chairs and put them underneath a stage sure in to, so we were all put in there like we were being put in the ovens at the end of it it was all this kind of like world war ii excellent it was fantastic and then in the fall at 18 i got cast as george and who's afraid of virginia wolf and at right. the at the yeah. yell dramat and i just thought yeah. my god maybe maybe i might actually be able to make a living at this at some point Cool. That's a nice play. It's yeah, freaking I intense. Love, I love that play. Yeah, that's another one I want to do. Yeah. Oof. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Wait, all right. Well, let's go. <laughs> let's go, gentlemen. Uh, you know, I'm responsible for there no being uh, there not being any dead air. Um, what's that play about? How about that? <laughs> Great Virginia question. Wolf. What's that? I mean, play the about? basic I about plot or the themes or the themes. Not to be dull, but it's I mean, so I think it's about everybody loves that play. I think it's what's really that about, about uh, people that are really in love mm. and and it's a really toxic relationship mm. and the way that they support each other and love each other and tear each other apart and mm. the illusions that they've carried with each other for so long that that child that child mm. um and there's a lot of different theories and and i've heard stories from people about what his initial intentions were that you know george and martha were not a male and female couple, for one. Sure. Mm. Or someone I know named Elizabeth Bunch, who worked with Edward Albee on a production of it down at the Alley Theater in Houston, said one thing that he intended was that George is barely drinking throughout it. Mm. You have this thing that they're both Hammered. raging drunks. Yeah. And it's more that he's completely enabling her and sort of pushing everyone's buttons mm. and orchestrating yeah. this thing. Yeah, yeah. Which I wasn't part of the production that I did. Mm. I was into the fact that he was... Everybody was getting completely. Yeah, slashed. I haven't read it in a while, but what I what I did get from it is just the the deep of the characters. They're very very human, like the drinking, all mm -hmm. of that is like it's very right there raw, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, that's and a I night. That. That's an, a I night in the theater for Americans. That's like Balinese theater, where mm. you're really engaging in the the petit bourgeois kind of middle class tropes. They're all there, and mm -hmm. then it all gets destroyed. Well, he brings in the operatic, the Valpurgis Nacht, and yeah, the, and, yeah. the uh, and again the religious ceremonies. Kyrie eleison, Christi eleison. He's yeah. That becomes part right. of his third act. It's called Valpurgis Nacht, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which is all it's all speech though. It's yeah. all acted out through speech. Which sure. Is sort of wonderful. Very. Yeah. Yeah. What was that like to play George? How old were you? Eighteen. Ha! What was mm. that like? 
I mean, it was great. I mean, that that's the thing that I think is wonderful about theater, and I hope that people continue to embrace, is the idea that anyone can play anything. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that you could have a play where a 70-year-old is playing a baby and an 8-year-old yeah, yeah. is playing a King Lear or something. That as long as people can make that imaginative leap and really embody the character. I completely agree. And, and, and I, and I got a, a little frustration with that because when it comes to like plays like Shakespeare or anything, when, when it goes to the classics or even American theater classics, uh, the, the, the castings te- tends to look for, you know, neutral accent, all of this and that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? I mean, I think it's fascinating. <laughs> We're in New York. It's like, yeah. I, I mean, I imagine, you know, in Shakespeare times, they, they wouldn't have time to cast people with, you know, no. just English accent, you know, of or whatever course. it was in that moment. Yeah. So it's like, and mostly in a, in a in city like London, you know, fuck it. I mean, everybody was from everywhere, I guess. Yeah. And actors are from everywhere. So for me, it's fascinating that... It would be cool just to do a multicast play like, or Shakespeare play, you know, like that with different backgrounds, people. and uh, That would be beautiful for me. The, or the, any kind of plays, you mm-hmm. know. The closer that theater gets to jazz and, like, pick up, mm-hmm. the ability to just pick it up. Yeah. That's that's when it gets really hot and yeah. cool. You're talking about this Balinese thing, and I don't, I'm not an expert. All, again, I've only read a little bit. but Nor am I. You get the impression that... It's more like music writ large. Oh, it's yeah. more like a jazz ensemble. Oh, and yeah. if somebody does this mm-hmm. theater over here, they could stand in. Yes. And it's improvisational. And most and of them fun. know it's all play. of the different roles. Yes. They can play the male and the female roles. Mm. Sometimes the woman <laughs> is playing the, the female demon. Sometimes the, a man yeah. is doing it. And they're, they're, they're families. They're troops. Right. That have, have trained in all of those different things. They, they can play the old man. They can play the, the yeah. young lover. So it stays interesting. Said, somebody's I'm, sick. Somebody's pregnant. we got to do this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. Somebody's sick and pregnant. Somebody yeah. got somebody else pregnant and uh-huh. got beaten up. I mean, it's just... You jump on the drum. life, right? Yeah. 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 I, re- I remember when I... I was totally acting in my 20s with my second girlfriend in the moment. She was an actor, too. She's an actor. Um, we were doing the scenes, and then we were switching characters. We were going through the lines, through the lines, practicing, doing this and that. And then let's switch characters to see what happened. Mm-hmm. So to get, you know, to feel who you are. you know. And it was fascinating, man. It's fucking beautiful. I love it. The experiences, you know. Yeah. yeah. A, a, really a good cool. director will have you switch the lines at some point. Mm-hmm. Not, not always, but not as mm-hmm. a rule. It depends on the process. But, yeah, you got to... You gotta know where the ball is at a given moment, and not just memorize the lines. You gotta internalize them. That's the Easy. funny thing in a in a in a run or in a rehearsal process when almost everybody knows everybody else's lines mm. and has their imitation <laughs> of the way the other person yeah. does it. Yeah, I know. I've been in those moments too. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Like every other actors know. Okay, this is your line. Everybody knows everybody's line. It's like what what is going on here? <laughs> so you can switch to other characters easily, and then. And that's really cool. And I think I did stuff like that many years ago to like just for exper- experimenting. You know? mm-hmm. It's really cool. I yeah. believe there's a company in town called Jieche that mm. again, here's a sacred and profane thing. They're they're registered as a church. That one of their things isn't yeah. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. More power to you. <laughs> Better uh, nonprofit sense. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah. Tax I, breaks. I, I did go to a 24 hour workshop of theirs, which was mind bending. That was that was. Truly amazing. But they have a production of, they call it Macbeth or something, where five of them have the entire text memorized. And wow. based on just what they're feeling at the time, somebody will jump in and play whatever role. Wow. Haven't seen it, but I, that I, exists. Um, I, I like that kind that. of work. Yeah. I think it's. I think that's great. Again, it should feel more like jazz. It's the body is an instrument. The lines are, yeah. you might drop one, but you're trying. You, yeah. The scene is the thing. Yeah. Uh, typically, the scene is the thing. If you can get if you can get through the scene and carry it, 
Mm -hmm. uh, if it's well written, it will track. Yeah. What is the crisis? What has to happen? It's in order for the next beat to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's a hell of a lot there. Well, this is fun. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, here it is. Actors. Theater. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael, uh, who are your, some of your favorite actors? Holy smokes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, first one that comes to mind in terms of, again, seeing theater was Mark Rylance. Um, people rave about him. I've yet to see him. I need to go in. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard people rave about him for years, and I saw a production of Labette, and I just, my jaw dropped. Hmm. And I went, ah, oh, that's that's it, that's that's it, <laughs> you know. Just it, it was like a forty-five minute monologue that Oof. kept seeing like it was going to end, and it kept reigniting. And it's just he's completely dissolved in the moment, completely dissolved in the character. You don't see him winking, hiding behind anything. It seems utterly egoless. And then I uh, I sprung to buy tickets to to see his twelfth night. Well, I saw him in in um, what was it called? Uh, was it Jerusalem? Yeah, Jerusalem. Yeah, that was a big hit. Yeah, that was really great. Again, totally different character, utterly, utterly different performance. Then saw him as uh, as Olivia in uh, in Twelfth Night on the stage, and just again, utterly, utterly different. <laughs> um, I had a very excited. I knew the house manager of the show of Labette, and I accidentally, truly accidentally, left a water bottle sitting in the in the in the show and it was like must have been the final weekend of the show because I called up Jonathan I said Jonathan was at the music box theater I, I left my water bottle any chance you could let me in did you he's like oh yeah we did we found one so <laughs> I go it's closing night on a Sunday I come in and I open the stage door they let me in the stage door and there's Mark Rylance with the trunk that he had used as a it was a major pop, prop and plot device in the play and he was right there and I was just uh, <laughs> yeah. Couldn't say a word. Yeah, amazing. Couldn't say a word. Amazing. But there he was, and I collected my water bottle. And I just, love those things. I'd been close to genius. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I stood right next to uh, Francis uh, McDormand at a play uh-huh. that I was at here in town. Incredible. Yeah, Fargo. Just want to go. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, how, right? how are you there? <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, she's um, incredible. So. Incredible. Guys, I'm going to stand. I'm going to use a, uh, the restroom real quick, but keep going. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, right. Okay. No, no, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is easy. No, it's fine. It's, it's all good. He's I'll be right back. I'll, you know, here we go. Okay. Keep on rocking. <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah. I, How about your favorites? Uh, favorite? I, I think it's a difficult question for me, but because uh, I, I admire many, many, many actors since I'm beginning to be into this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I love this movie. When I was a kid... Before I ever imagined was going to be an actor, I remember this movie by Robert De Niro mm-hmm. uh, called Midnight Run. Yeah. I love that movie. I think I saw that movie in one week, maybe like three or four times. Yeah. On a VHS. Or Him and, and like Charles Groening was like the other guy. Mm-hmm. The one, I'm sorry, the... The guy who plays the, the white-collar criminal that he's trying oh, to track yeah, down. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember his name. Yeah. His name. Okay. Yeah, no, he was great. Everybody was really cool. I remember that scene when, like... Agent Molly, or I think it was the name of the character, they put the glasses on the top of the wheel. I mean, those kind uh-huh. of details. It was that kind of movie. And I love Robert De Niro character so much because, you know, the guy that, you know, didn't take care too much of himself with mm-hmm. a little, you know, beer there, you know, like, uh, you know, like he didn't care like drinking coffee and, and, and cigarette all day, you know, yeah. that kind of character. Yeah. And that kind of thing, like, fascinated me. I didn't know exactly what, what was in there in that moment because had no idea I was going to be an actor. But then after a time, it's like, oh, shit, that's what I love this. Yeah. Because I like to represent these kind of things. Yeah. 
Probably I played that character in my life for a long time. I was that kind of character, you know? <laughs> ah, the guy that smoked, drink, uh, coffee, or whatever. Oh, yeah, you're still that guy. I'm back. I'm, I'm back. Still that back. Welcome. Welcome. All right, all right. Thanks but, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I all got right. many actors that I love. Um, Kevin is back. Did you hear that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> so. No worries. They heard. <laughs> Javier Bardem. Uh, oh, when God, it comes yes. To, uh, yeah, he's one of my favorites. Uh, what was the first thing you must have seen him and stuff before I did? Yeah, well, I mean, the first movie that I saw that I was like, "Wow, this is a great actor!" Is that movie? Well, he played a, po- a poet. From oh, before Nightfall. Before that Nightfall. was the first time I saw him. Uh, yeah, that's the. I think that was the first time I was like, "Okay, this is." How, I mean, probably saw one of those old movies with Almodovar, I think, or something mm-hmm. like that he did in Spain, but I didn't know who he was. It's just like I was just I was just into the movie because. I think it was Almodovar or Amenabar. I don't remember what mm-hmm. film was that. I, for, I forgot. Is but he, that movie is he, was like... Is yeah. he, which movie? Uh, Before no, Nightfall. Before, Before Nightfall. Yeah. Is he part of the uh, Almodovar? How do you say that? Like, is he part of the ensemble? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, he's been around with them for a yeah. long time. He, That's so I mean, cool. Well, I mean, Penelope Cruz. Yeah, his yeah. His wife right now. So forget it. They've been part of that for years. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Which I have the pleasure to, to see one time at a screening. One of her last movies. They do a Q and A, blah blah. blah. Beautiful. I, th- I think it was maybe the last episode I did on this podcast. Maybe the a recent one I did yeah. with Brad Kelly, where we talked about No Country for Old Men, and we talked mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. that performance and how it's the Coen. So you're going to say yes, uh, but does your manager say you're going to win an Oscar for this part? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. And yet, you as an actor, you bring yeah. Yeah, I think though that the the roles you think you're going to win the Oscar for are the ones that like make the list, but they're not the one that or you puts get a, you over the top. or you get a raspberry. You get a, <laughs> right. you really like flame yeah. out. It's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm pretty sure that Mahershala Ali when he did Moonlight, right, didn't think he was going to win an Oscar. No, I think he was very excited to have sure. A, a great role that humanized a character that's often villainized in almost every other movie you've ever seen. Right. And yeah. instead, you know, his humanity coming to that just shone through and, and that movie, you know, yeah. tore through a bunch Incredible. of barriers. Yeah. yeah. But also, also going back to that question, mm-hmm. like what of your favorite actors, of course, like, I can name you many actors that we all know, uh, Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can keep going Al Pacino. I keep going with a list. But uh, I have seen many actors that even they started with me that they inspire me. Mm. Sure. Because like we were in a school, like in the same process. And then you see these guys like, what is going on here? Mm. I mean, this is what I want to do too. This is what I'm looking for. And yeah. I see this in front of me. I, I, and, you, know, you know, I got friends that are like, of, they're yeah, really, one of the really good actors. that I was on was, a, was a guy or that I wrote was a, one of the producers. He was in a Scorsese movie, The Irishman. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I don't know, you know, if he made the cut. I think he made the cut. Mm-hmm. So... Pretty cool. And you see people and you go, oh, wow, I'm a part of this world. <laughs> That's one of the great things about theater is you you make these connections. It's a can, funny yeah. thing. And yeah. that continuity from like community theater, grade mm-hmm. school, high school, to the to whatever, the things that are considered the, 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 the great, you know, the, the best that you can do. There's such continuity. Yeah. I remember at every stage of, of what I would do, mm. it was a similar process. You know, mm. there was the first read. There was memorizing your lines. There was mm. working with a stage manager. There was don't ev- be a dick. <laughs> yeah. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, yeah. 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 Although, does yeah. that always hold yeah. true? Yeah, does it always work? Like sometimes, sometimes. yeah, assholes arise. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, yeah. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> everybody to keep it together in a in a in a, in a theater production. Everybody has to be open and you know balance. You know, mm. Make part, we part of that balance yeah. somehow. Sometimes it works naturally, and those are the best ensembles you work with. But sometimes you know it's a little tension here or there, and then you just gotta let it go. It's, a, it's very important just to let it go and focus on your work. Basically. And a really good director fosters that environment in oh, which yeah. people feel safe or yeah. people feel that there's an ensemble, that the concept Definitely. of an ensemble. Yeah, and it's good for a director, for, in, my, in my opinion, to call, to call the bullshit when people are getting to drama. In, I don't know. <laughs> call the bullshit. Hey, everybody, we're here for, you know, to do the work. You know? You should direct. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been in my head, too, for... For different reasons. I actually bet that. you'd be pretty good at that, Jose. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd be good at that. I got way different ideas and no, nothing too crazy or too out there. It's just like, you know, I like breaking the rules and, you know, see different things. Like I was saying, like an ensemble with different backgrounds and yeah, stuff. Just yeah. be, to begin mm. with that. I think if you had you a know. vision for a show, something you really wanted to do, that could be quite cool. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah, well, not on. I mean, you're not going to come uh, up with that. that, that Wait for me to the podcast. Later. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, that'll be the next episode. Um, so yeah, so Michael, uh, do yeah. You, have you done a lot of screen stuff or what? I've done a certain amount um, in the great in the scheme of things that I've done. Uh oh, there goes a fire truck or something. Yeah, that's not. Um, they're on to us. It's yeah. They're finally they finally <laughs> found us. Yeah, it's um, the theater I, police. Yeah, I have police. done some screen stuff. I, I not a lot of stuff has ended up on the big screen. Um, which would be amazing. I, see I got a, a chance. Of your stuff, like uh, oh, yeah. on uh, TV shows and yeah. you know, through your. Yeah. I don't remember the links you sent me. And mm-hmm. I, I think seeing a, a couple of stuff. Yeah, no, I, 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 I've done a, a, a good number of, of TV things and, and mm-hmm. things that are on Netflix or commercials or yeah. um, uh, and and some films and some films. I, I did. I saw a short film of mine that was in a film festival recently, and that was really. Hmm. It was good. It was good. It was called the. Uh, Sixth Amendment. Uh, it's about the the Boston bomber and the trial oh. and the jury. Oh, wow. So it was like the jury that was in there and the the many people who wanted to put him to death. Yeah. And uh, and I was the the lone holdout juror that did really? not oh, did that's not a, want to. And that's a good part. It was interesting. Mm. It was well written and it was it was interesting. I think the person who who wrote it wrote it with the intention of he deserves to die, mm. but left it as like an open-ended question. Yeah. Well, that's mm. always the most interesting. And for writing. me, most, you know, on me on a personal level, that's kind of abhorrent. Mm. I don't, I don't like sure. the death penalty. Um, right. So, but by the end of the film, my character uh, is, is swayed and, mm. and goes along with the group mm. for various, pers- you know, sort of emotional reasons. And, and, mm. and so to play somebody that's going, you know, personally going against my own convictions and character wise going against my convictions and then ending up uh, uh, going and, but it's, it's, it's enigmatic at the end what the decision is. But of course we know from reality that, the, that he was sentenced hmm. to die. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Where'd you shoot that? Boston. I was going to say, wow. it had yeah. to be Boston, right? Yeah. How'd you work in that accent? I don't think I did very much. <laughs> Going back to that. That is an elusive accent. Yeah, I, mean, that's I don't want to try, yeah. you know. Talk to cow sprinkle, and you Exactly. Sprinkle it on, I think. But yeah, to, yeah. To, to, uh, to sort of go straight ahead. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, I, lived, I worked there a while. I lived there for about nine months. But mm. uh, 
That that's a bridge too far to, but to what, really. What is it? What is the accent from Portland, Oregon? I don't. I don't. I don't get. That. <laughs> that's <laughs> great. You know, you, you should talk to my <laughs> wife because she she imitates. Accent, right? imitates. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I think it's kind of it's similar in some ways to yeah, the to Minnesota. Maybe like, like married not... to California a little bit. All right. Yeah, I know. But there's educated, a... right? So I mean, there's this. I, I guess suppose it there's, there's a little bit of an uplift to stuff, and uh, you know, people kind of they're very nice, and yeah. you know. You know, you turn. Nice, it's good. Oh, the Blazers are doing really great. You know, <laughs> that's how I always go when I want to when I want to do a Minnesota accent. I go, oh, did oh, hey Marge, did you see the Gophers <laughs> yesterday? Did you see that game? Oh yeah, that was real good. That was a real good goal in the second uh, period there. Yeah. Oh, did you hear that? Uh, you know, uh, Georgie he brought his uh, hot dish over yesterday. <laughs> the oh. Hot dish. How is that? Yeah, you know, and then you're, you know, and then you're crushing it. Yeah, you just go right to food and sport, and yeah. then suddenly you're into the accent. Yeah, one of the things of graduate school is they they, they sort of crush your <laughs> original accent. By the time you emerge in the other, oh, yeah, you've got yeah. a great neutral accent, and you have yeah, no right. idea what your roots are. You're like, right? How did right. I sound when I was seven? I don't know anymore. <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's one of the horrible things about education. I know. Yeah. Beats out any attachment yeah. you have to the working class. Uh, but you pay lip service to it endlessly. Or you you're just pick constantly. up weird personas. Friends sure. of mine in graduate school say, why Why do you sound like you're from Brooklyn when you're drunk? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, what can I tell you? I had a few too many. Hey, what? What the fuck? What do you want? Don't ask yeah. me. Don't ask hey, me. Hey, I don't know nothing. It's something like that. That's funny as fuck. I did, I did work in a funny. restaurant. That was the first job I got in New York when I was 21. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, you, you graduate from Yale, you get out with a... Yeah, a, as you do. A theater, as you do. No, you can't get out. You have got good grades. You have a theater degree, <laughs> an English degree, English and theaters, what I, uh, what I took. Uh-huh. And I applied for 30 jobs. I couldn't get a job at all. <laughs> I could not... Whoa, whoa. Get a job. Whoa. Wait, are, you're telling me you had an English uh, and theater degree from Yale and I'm you couldn't get a job? I'm here to tell you. <laughs> I never, that, I never heard of this before. You're telling me that somebody with a theater degree couldn't get a job? Yep. And uh, slow down. God bless them. They were opening a restaurant right around the corner from where I got a place in, in Park Slope. And he, the guy, Peter Michaud, God bless him, he looked down on me and he, he saw himself 10 years before and he, he hired me. And maybe this is where the, the Brooklyn accent comes in because there was like these wannabe <laughs> mafia guys that would come in and like be like, hey, can I, uh, I need to use your phone. You're like, well, this is the restaurant phone. Yeah, I know, but I got to use it. And then they pick it up and go, hey, yeah, Vinny, uh, somebody's got to whack him. Somebody's got to whack. And they were just total wannabes. But in the track suits, smoking, oh, drinking at right. the bar, call, calling in, I'm doing air quotes here, calling in hits. Yeah. In, yeah. in full earshot of the entire bar. <laughs> like you would. Like you like would. You would. It was it was a good welcome to New York moment. Cool, yeah. <laughs> what would the equivalent be for somebody from uh, Portland, Oregon, in the in a bar? Somebody who's a wannabe. You'd be like a grunge thing, right? You'd be like, I guess. Hey. So. Yeah, I know. I'd be like, you try to pick up, you try to score like a little bit of weed, but you're trying. Well, that was like, score oh. some heroin. Yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah. 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 That was the too funny. Well, the moral of the story is always never do heroin. That's the moral of the story. That is true. I have stuck to that. Yeah. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm a little too crazy. (laughs) I think you need to try everything once. Uh, I don't know if I want to try that right now, but if they tell me, me, okay, Jose, you got one day to leave. 
Okay, okay, okay. give me one of those. All right. <laughs> let's, see what, <laughs> let's see what that shit is about. <laughs> so, you, so uh, Michael, you come to yeah. New York. What year was that? You come to New York. Uh, 96. Oh, 1996. Oh, damn, I first man. moved to New York 23 years ago. Wow. In August. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Very different. A little city. longer than me. And you stuck. I stuck. I went I went away to graduate school um, for a couple of years and I got uh, MFA uh, in theater at UC San Diego. I came back and then I did a, a ton of regional theater. Uh, I did I did Broadway. I did off Broadway, but I just I tried to work. So mm-hmm. I, I would do sometimes two or three shows a year out, out of town and then come back. So I sort of did that. All right. You know. I've been everywhere, man, kind of cool. thing, all That's over the cool, country. Yeah. What's the auditioning process like for regional theater? What's that like? Are they doing like in well, Chicago, New York, they're mm-hmm. flying out? Oh, they come to you? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Uh, there will be New York City casting directors. Um, sometimes the directors live in New York and they're they're already here. Right. right, um, right. Usually somebody, some staff from the, the theater comes because they need to give the okay to whoever does the final casting. Um Thankfully, they sometimes give you a week or two to prepare the material, which is, and they actually give you the whole play. <laughs> Whereas if you're going for film and TV, you get it the night before at like 7 p.m. for a 9 a.m. Yeah. audition. Oof. You can't read Oof. the whole play. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, we need you to come in and like somebody's got a gun to your head. You don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. confess to something that you don't know anything about. So you you basically have to write your own backstory. Whoa. But, yeah. uh, huh. Let's contrast that with a successful regional theater story. My favorite play that I did was uh, Long Day's Journey Into Night at Actors Theater of Louisville. I had a couple weeks to prepare. And it was a play that I had pulled off the bookshelf two years before, opened to a random page and been like, my God, this is a good play. Yeah, I want to play Jamie someday. Mm -hmm. And just read it, Mm. put it back away. And there it it popped up out of the blue Mm. a couple years ago. And I really talk about like, Really letting yourself get in there. And, and you can get really in your head with stuff. But my wife was so good about it. She was like, I don't want you to regret this one. I know how much you want this. So yeah. we we stayed up. We drank. Huh. Didn't do the lines. Didn't do any heroin. Didn't do any heroin this time. <laughs> no heroin. Yeah. And um, and didn't just do the scenes. We played improvs with her playing the maid. Uh that they don't even have any scenes together and pretended, you know, I pretended to be going after her in a, sort of a drunken hay. And we just improved whole scenes from it so that when... I finally got there. It wasn't just, you, you know, lines off the page. Yeah, yeah I felt really like there. I, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's great. I like that. That's a nice story, yeah. It was, cool, it was great. And then I had enough time between that and the show starting a couple months mm. that I started doing research. And I went to mm. New London and found, I, I, I found somebody at the O'Neill Center who could take me on a tour of the house where that play is set. Yeah, I've been there. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a Very crazy cool. place. Yeah, so crazy. Did you know <laughs> that they raised the the ceiling of the first floor because when he wanted guests to come over, he felt like the place was too cramped because it is. So that's why the second story, if you go up into the second story, the ceilings are like, little, like five and a half, six I feet tall. I did not know that, it's insane. but I believe you. There's something haunted, haunted oh, about that yeah. house. Yeah, yeah. You no know idea about this. What is this? In New London, you said? It, it was his, so he it's was a, a touring actor. Oh, oh okay. You're his father was a touring yeah. actor. Yeah, I didn't know this. So films. James O'Neill Sr. Uh, okay. uh, was he he had this famous production of the Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, that he toured on all his life, yeah, he and, did his whole life, and he made a, a fortune doing it. And then he kept losing it through bad uh, real estate ventures. But his base, when he was not touring, um, when the theaters would close because it was too hot in the summer, was on New London in New London on the river. I think they call it Thames there. 
the Thames? I think so. Okay. Great. It's also where John McCain was born there. Oh. Because oh. there's a... So totally naval... cursed. And, yeah. Uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> and, uh, rest in peace. But, you know, uh, too soon. In any event, that's yeah. that's where the entire play is set. It's a, it's a day right. in the life of that family, okay. that cursed family. Okay, okay. But it, it's Eugene O'Neill. He's mm-hmm. the yeah, only yeah, yeah, no, but it's American so, yeah. playwright to win the Nobel. Uh, yeah. He won the Pulitzer, I think, twice. Mm. Uh, maybe once. Mm-hmm. But I think he was... Yeah, I think he did a paper on him when I was doing mm-hmm. my master's. Yeah, long history. History. Teacher. And, uh, one history class. Yeah, very Wonderful cool. Writer. Very cool. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I'm, 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 I don't know. I think it's, it's too much. Sometimes. I, mean, I respect it, but I think it's too much. So yeah, like, it's a long play. <laughs> That's uh, a long Les, play. Les Waters, who was the director, uh, again, God bless him, he cut it and cut it. He yeah. cut out the mate. He cut out all the poetry. I was like, no, the poetry. I love the poetry. He's like, uh, you kind of have like, to. You will thank me, Michael. You will thank me. <laughs> For the sensibility you have to. Yeah. So it went now, from like a four-hour so. thing to, I mean, it's, it was still like three hours, but yeah. it was three hours in three acts, so it was manageable. Right, right, right. Two intermissions, two mm-hmm. short ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. I think it's mm-hmm. the only way. Yeah, you know, now almost. Brilliant director, by the way. Okay, if you have a chance to see a Les Waters production, but cool. be, even I mean, I'm just bringing this out. Uh, what's this guy name? Uh, Marlon Brando didn't like O'Neill that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you know, a lot of people, you're gonna have opinions about yeah. different people. Yeah, I, I just don't get too crazy about it. Like when it comes to oh O'Neill, or I don't know when it comes like to be like the most important writer yeah no. there's a lot I think of it's hyperbole. too much it's too much it's too dense and it's everything so much drama all the time that, yeah ah, come on you want to okay, know you gotta leave, and, you know, and i get yeah, it you but. want it but you need that you want to know your history you want to yeah. know especially as americans in theater yeah. there's a it's yeah. very limited yeah. i we prefer have, tennessee but it can be done it. incredibly well and it can be done incredibly it's terribly. like it's like check that too that too it's like i saw i saw a um it was an equity showcase code production mm-hmm. of uh, A Touch of the Poet that was astounding. And right. some of the characters, some of the people that were doing that for free now have gone on. They have big film and TV careers. And sure. Stuff like, and, and yet it was really well done. And then I also saw, uh, I won't say where it was, but I saw a, a production of Morning Becomes Electra that had a bunch of already established stars that was phoning it one in. Of, and, and, yeah. They weren't phoning it in. It's just they hadn't tapped into what it was that made it work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, was yeah. deathly. Mm-hmm. It was right, it yeah. was impossible well, to just watch. want to die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that happened with every every single play basically. Yeah, <laughs> That's when, the thing. When, when it's nothing a play. Gets, you know, to get when all the pieces don't get. I together have to remember and this too. It's Not to, again. I have to remember when you're writing a play. You you need to remember this as well. You may write the perfect version of your play. You <laughs> might not even write the perfect version of your play. You're writing a blueprint. Yeah, That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. For even for a film. Yeah. There are some auteurs aside, you think about Coens or whatever, but even uh, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, the guy who directed oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, The Favorite, he, he, that was a script from somebody else. Right. So it's somebody else's blueprint. There's, it's just not, there, it's a rare artist who can take something and be, and say, I'm directing this. Maybe I'll even star in it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, uh, you know, write it, mm-hmm. and uh, by the way, now you're going to find. You know, it yeah. doesn't happen that way. No. And uh, those, those, the rare ones who are able to really pull that off, I, I do sometimes think poison the well. I mean, it's great that it's great that they can do it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, second guess. I would not stop them. But uh, yeah, anyway, it's interesting, right? Yeah, you want to rem- remember that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You may have the perfect vision for your for your script, but the first iteration of it may not be the perfect realization. Were we just talking about that the other day? 
Probably we're talking about something like that. We talk a lot. Well, we're just talking about how hard it is, uh-huh. how hard it must be for a, a writer. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who I was talking about that to to have this idea in your head. Mm-hmm. That's like this fully fleshed out world, this three dimensional thing, and then you give it, you give your baby to a director who then goes and casts it, and you're like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> and then you watch it begin to take shape, and and I, I it's have, not at all what you thought. I have some modest uh, experience in that in that role, and I think the the insight I'm having right now, and I've had for a little while, is that it's. You really need to let go of, unless you're, you're the auteur, unless you, you're writing the script and you're going to be the, um, oh, there's another word for it, but I'm just going to stick with auteur. Mm-hmm. You're the person who's going to fully realize the thing. Uh, you have to just embrace the blueprint thing. Mm-hmm. And that's quite important. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to be, yeah, you're going to make other people crazy too. Yeah. Because then you're going to try to take control after you, you release it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's going to lead. Potentially lead to other problems, and I and I think yeah. also when you're directing a play, of course you're gonna you wanna follow the script as much as you want. I mean, the idea is do it hundred percent, respect the whole thing, what is going on. But I th- I think you always need to be open to you know take different directions. If you're directing, it's like you, if you're if you're your dream right now, this is your work right now. Just whatever happens in the moment, just let it be open. Mm-hmm. Because then everything becomes like a format, you know. It's like everybody that is directing a play, you're expecting to see this, 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 and this. Oh, that's the worst. And then, geez, that that's not the way I think it is at all. Yeah. And everything has to be open. That you change the script a little, you change the script, or whatever it is, whatever it helps to to make you know, something different and cool. It's called a play for a reason. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Want to, everybody exactly. has to play. Keep playing every night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm digging it. I'm digging this conversation. Michael, yeah. uh, what's yeah. the uh, what's the most memorable uh, production you, you've been a part of? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. That's a great question. I'm not trying to... It's yeah, not yeah. up or down, just the thing yeah, that no. strikes me I mean, you I, I think the last one that I did, um, hmm. just because I, it, it just went on and on and on, and it was... Uh, <laughs> it was... There were some successful things about it and negative things, and I've made lifelong friends out of it. And and uh, it was it was a production called Etherdome. Etherdome. Yeah. Um, so it came from this historical thing. I mean, it was just it was a big mad mess that kept changing and changing. And I mm. I worked on it over the course of three or four years, different productions, different co-productions, different workshops. Right. And you talk about somebody not being able to let go. Mm. I know in um, in Homer's uh, in, in in the Odyssey is it uh, Penelope keeps unraveling the shawl mm-hmm. that she's making. She says, "I'll, I'll marry when when the shawl is finished." So you know she keeps telling the suitors that, and then she keeps like unraveling it every night. The playwright, for whatever reason, kept doing the same thing, <laughs> and so this is a play that kept changing massively. Like 20, 30 pages of rewrites between nights of previews. Wow. We would come into the Whoa. next town and it had been almost entirely rewritten. Characters gone, scenes gone, or scenes with exactly the same plot, exactly the same plot points, but totally different dialogue. It, it required so much <laughs> yeah. uh, that for better or for worse, that was definitely my most memorable production. It feels like, I don't know, like all of... 
the the highs and lows of what it is yeah. to do theater. That's a nice experience, and that reminds me when I started studying acting in Venezuela. Uh-huh. My first acting school is Luz Colomba School, mm-hmm. Luz Columba School. I'm sorry, with Nelson Ortega. That was my first acting teacher, and he used to be like that. Like we were working on a play, like. And I heard his story from him. It's like, we're working a play. And then the day before the show, he changed all the fucking moves. <laughs> Everybody's like, what is going on? Everything. He changed everything. Yeah. And everybody freaks out. Yeah. And, but, you know, it was like that. So everything was like changing, changing, changing. Every time you were going uh, into a class, you, you didn't know what you were going to do. Ah, that's great. So sometimes they just give you a script, uh, 10 pages script, get a partner. You got 15 minutes to get in. Nice. You know, stuff like that. It was fascinating. And, and it was like, I did that for like two years. It's like, yeah. it was intense, intense. So that's how you learn. Yeah. Get out there and then you don't know what's going on. He kept you that way all the time. Or sometimes he just kept you to try to do one line and move from one point to the other. And that was like an hour of you do, trying to get to that point. <laughs> well, okay, why do you stand up that way? Why do you put your hand here? What is it? You know, everything. <laughs> it was, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it was intense. I mean, it was intense. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't think about it. I mean, you could not possibly think about how you were going to do it because <laughs> oh, you were yeah. just you were flying yeah, yeah. by the seat of your pants. Yeah, and then, but I think also when you're into with that pressure, that kind of a, a lot of beautiful things come out with, the, yeah. with any actor. It's like it's amazing. That's so many people talk about the your favorite time on stage is when somebody forgets a line or like drop forgets to bring on the prop or misses an entrance, mm-hmm. and everybody suddenly has to react mm-hmm. in a real way <laughs> yeah. because something real That's has true. happened that happens to me a couple of times and i felt uh, the second time i felt like wow screw it screw yeah. it but then when i finished uh, one of my friends from actors from the play oh this uh, direct uh, tv director was uh, his wife was here and she loved what we're doing today especially you i was like are you fucking sure of this? <laughs> All right, thank you. I missed up probably with half of my monologue or something like that. Yeah. So it just went away. Yeah. You know, I didn't yeah, know what yeah. to do. <laughs> I'm having nightmarish flashbacks to community theater in Minneapolis <laughs> right now and, and before I crawled into my hovel to write. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do radio, which yeah. is, a, you know, a little safer. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yes and no. This, is, this has uh, been great, Michael. Uh, what would you tell somebody, a young person, who sees a play and gets inspired and thinks, wow, I want to be that person. I don't want to be Tom Brady because uh-huh. I can't. <laughs> Not that, you know. But I, what, you, what would you tell them? You know, yeah. I, 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 I'm of, of two minds. I mean, the, 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 the person who's, who's gone through all of that and experienced stuff and, and had wonderful experiences with it and, 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 and followed my passion, I would say – Yes, yes, you know, pursue it, follow, follow your passion. And then the part of me that, that, you know, on the down day when I <laughs> wallow in self pity <laughs> and focus on the obstacles. When you the, come on a podcast and you're, uh, you know, uh, you know, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever, um, that there certainly is a, a reality of, of how difficult it can be. Hmm. Um, I, I forget the guy's name, John. Anyway, he was on he was on uh, West Wing. He played one of the advisors. He was like the president's top advisor. Mm-hmm. I forget his last mm-hmm. name, but he yeah, yeah. ran into a friend of mine on the street. And he was like, "Oh, what are you at this theater for? You uh, you an actor?" He said, "Yeah," and he said, "Yeah, wonderful career, terrible profession." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a calling, but it can mm. be insanely frustrating. Yeah. So you've got to be able to to live with that and 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 love what you love. Yeah. Yeah. What's um, the 
Well, no, no, you're, you're saying, you're saying. No. I, I don't think I can add anything to it. It's that. interesting. I think I can yeah. double down on that and ask, yeah. uh, you know, one more thing. We're winding down. Uh, what's the highest high you've ever had on stage? The highest high. The night. Hmm. And if you can't, if it's not one, a feeling. Hmm. And then you too, Jose. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's about highs, you mm. know. It's yeah. not. That's kind of like. I think that's the thing that you're not, you're hopefully not going for. It's more like you, you come off the stage and the, the story's been told and everything's done and you're just kind of sitting there panting and you think, my, my God, what, what just happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't really remember what, what happened mm-hmm. if it went well. It's just sort of a, the feeling of like a job well done kind of feeling. Yeah. So I don't know. It wasn't like one moment or something. I can certainly point to milestones where like, oh, mm-hmm. I achieved that or I achieved that or I achieved that. But gotcha. they, they, they pale in comparison to just having done an honest night's work, which was that thing of being in the moment and being telling that story. And then, and then somebody comes up to you and no matter who they are, if it was a great night in the theater, they want to know you for a minute or they want to maybe uh-huh. talk to you but if they know what it's like to be in, in performance they mm-hmm. maybe give you some space and you're you did the yeah. job it's a, it's a yeah. job well done yeah mm-hmm. i mean you can kind of you know you i understand why great actors that you see you come up to them and and compliment them and and if if they have a healthy ego they they very heartily say thank, thank you but you. many of them are embarrassed mm-hmm. yeah they're shy that, that wasn't them up there. Right. They, they gave themselves permission to get out of themselves. And so yeah. it wasn't a high, you know, it was what it... Yeah. The audience gives a gift too, too, and too, and too, in a way. It's beyond capital. It's beyond capitalism in a, in a funny oh, uh, way. Yeah. It's way beyond, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that sacred space thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a mystery yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I don't, I don't know. It's like I said, it's like every moment since mm-hmm. I started doing acting... It's been very special. Of course, I have moments when I discover things, when I tap into things that that I was looking for to experience and to understand about my my acting or myself. And and for, I think I was talking to you about this on the party too. Um, is uh, I was doing a scene one time uh, uh, um, on, on, in a school with uh, Miss Julie, mm-hmm. and I was in the you know that is in the kitchen. I was grabbing this glass of wine. And when I grabbed the glass of wine in that moment, I knew all my lines, everything we were, what I was going, doing with my partner. Uh, when I grabbed, I grabbed the glass of wine, I started like moving it, you know, like I'm testing, tasting, and I drink it, all of that. But in that moment, oh, I know how to do this. All, all the, these thoughts came immediately into, I know how to do this. I know where I am right now. And then everything fall into that place with that little detail. Mm-hmm. And I was in the moment completely completely there and when you have that is is everything you don't you cannot describe it it's like when you finish maybe you understand this is what i want to do but in the when you're in the moment you're in the moment so everything goes to you finish what you're going what you're going through and it's amazing that that feeling is like special yeah and i think if you're going for the high if you're going for the applause mm-hmm. if you're going for the rank on IMDb, the <laughs> number of followers or something. Yeah. It's an addiction. You're chasing yeah. a dragon. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. W- I worked with a very successful actor once that was one of the most talented people I ever met, but he had a funny thing of like inducing a standing ovation every night. And I knew that he was doing that because he had to. His, mm-hmm. There was a very wounded part of him. It's like a, a hole. That wasn't okay yeah. with him being as good as he was because mm-hmm. he was phenomenal, mm-hmm. but he had to have that standing ovation. Yeah. 
and I would go through the whole routine of it, but like I, <laughs> I think we're winding down now. Um, yeah, yeah. But but um, I, I ran into him years mm. later, and he seemed like a changed person. Mm. He seemed much more humble, mm. and I think that he's he's an even better actor now. He doesn't. Right. He I, I think he's he had gone through something in his life that had he mm. did, he was able to let go of that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to add to that. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's acting, acting. I've thought about something for uh, a minute as I was listening, and uh-huh. uh, one of my favorite quotes from Artaud is that actors are athletes of the heart. I love <laughs> that. Yeah. Well, I love that. I think this yeah. episode is called "Back to Bali." <laughs> <laughs> I need to get back to Bali. <laughs> and Michael Backinson, thank have a you second so child. much. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. You're gonna have twins. Yeah. Oh my god! This time, man. Woo! Are you gonna come back to uh, get this? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, sure. Maybe next year. Yeah, yeah why yeah, not? In a couple months. It's why all good. Not? Thanks so much for coming yeah, on. I had a wonderful time. Thank Jose, you. thanks yeah. for uh, joining us. Always, always, always. This is Get This, the podcast about things people love. Nice. Adios. 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 <laughs>